What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's Dak Prescott doing the uh, the dance that went viral a year or two ago, pregame, a little warm-up, getting things loose. The shoulder... Allowing him to throw the football, that's not bad, but it's still not where it needs to be. Chris, here's the question. And this came up Friday night, halftime of the Chiefs-Cardinals game on ESPN. Shefty talking about Dak Prescott made the comment that Prescott's not fully back. He may not be back all season long. Now, it wasn't clear whether he was talking about the shoulder, the ankle. He pointed out the serious ankle injury. But I think that it's fair for us to ask ourselves – Will we see 100% full capacity Dak Prescott at any point this season, especially if he's overcompensating consciously or not for the ankle and that's causing this shoulder injury potentially? I know you believe it. And it makes sense. Compensating for the, your, your back foot, not digging it in as hard as you would, pulling more from your arm and yeah, your shoulder to right. get the football where you want it to be and you already have a problem there has it healed i mean they're very confident he's going to be ready to go week one but the question is will he be 100 percent? and no one's going to know they'll say all the right things but we're just going to have to sit and watch and wait week in and week out whether or not Dak prescott's the guy he used to be no i, I mean i think you're you're exactly right you know and i i you know of course i was watching i saw adam schefter say that you know i, I don't know if he's got inside information or what or just using common sense to basically be like, man, that type of injury he had with his ankle and foot plus the arm. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, common sense, just that alone makes you think like, I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent like the first few weeks of the year. You know, I don't think he's a hundred percent moving around to the full capacity he was before he hurt his ankle. And of course he running is part of his game. Running and his ability to be strong and keep those those feet planted in the pocket with trash and people around him and grabbing him were a big part of his game. You know, so he might be a little reluctant to stand in there or take off and run. You might see him go down and just take a sack. And then of course, 
hey, I, you know, I'm, I, you say what you want about me. You know I'm obsessed with throwing and mechanics and things like that. I see a difference between Dak Prescott before he got hurt to what I've seen this year, throwing the football and the mechanics. So uh, I am interested to see where it goes. And, you know, obviously they're protecting him, and they just want him to be 100% so they have at least a fighting chance to, to maybe upset the Buccaneers on our, our opening night Thursday night game on Sunday night football. Dak reportedly completed 51 of 52 throws during the pregame. Coach Mike McCarthy said he was scheduled to throw 46 to 50. Look, this is kind of like a pro day workout. You complete them all. You're throwing against air. Right. 51 of 52 is good. 52 of 52 is presumed because unless somebody drops the ball right in his hands, you should be getting it to him. But it shows that, more importantly, he was able to throw that many passes. Said Jerry Jones on Saturday night of Dak, he threw with authority and accuracy before the game. If we were lining up against Tampa tonight, he'd be starting and we'd feel great about it. There's no reason to push it. If they said rest it, then let's double rest it. Okay, fine. I understand that. But there's still enthusiasm there. They want to go to Tampa. They want to win. They want the guy they're paying $40 million a year to to justify their investment. Because, look, Chris, the point I raised via text over the weekend, Cowboys had a decision to make back in February, March time frame, do you apply the franchise tag again, transition tag? Do you sign him to a new contract? Do you let him become a free agent and see what else is out there? I mean, you've got a four-year deal that's going to be renegotiated as a practical matter after three years. You're looking at the first year of that deal, Dak Prescott potentially not being 100% all year long. That's not looking like a good deal. If one-third of this contract is going to be spent under a scenario where you're not getting top return for your investment no i mean you're right i mean they might not you know but i don't know if they had a whole lot of other options and i think really what they came down to is even with his injury and everything like that that you know a 90 percent deck prescott is worth it to them in the situation you know they were in and that's why he's not playing you know this past weekend or didn't play is not going to play here in the future because you know to your point yeah they're trying to protect that investment They're paying him all that money not to be good in preseason game two or three. He's a little banged up. They're going to make sure he can play in week one because, as we know, again, going back to this, like, you know, we know the Cowboys' defense will be improved. I I don't doubt that. I mean, Dan Quinn's a really good defensive coach, okay, and he's got the right – but, but like, they're going to have to score some points. I mean, that Buccaneers offense, I would be shocked if it doesn't hit the ground running. You know, we just saw Bruce Arians in a clip talk about Brady knows the offense now. Now he just called the play. He sees the picture. He doesn't have to think anymore. So they're going to have to score points. They need Dak Prescott out there to win the football game because the one thing I can tell you is whoever they have as his backup, that ain't going to work, all right? Negative ghost rider. So uh, I think it's a smart move. I'm still a little concerned because, like, as we always talk about, you know, okay, yeah, it's great in that controlled setting before the game, but what about when he's got to step up in the pocket and move and contort his body in a weird way and try to throw a 30-yard laser down the middle of the field with his feet cockeyed and he had to throw it, you know, from some weird body angle? That's where it's in a real test to go, okay, wait, is that lat, is that shoulder all really good? So be interested to see, but I certainly understand them resting and being conservative with this one. So who's the backup to Dak Prescott? McCarthy said on Saturday, we have one more week and we're going to need it. Garrett Gilbert, Ben DiNucci, Cooper Rush. It's not DiNucci. That ended this weekend. That's over. 
I mean, three interceptions in was preseason games. Was it ever Danucci? Game. No, probably not. You're right. But that is officially over. So let's just go to Cooper Rush and Garrett Gilbert. I think it's one of those two. <laughs> McCarthy was also asked about signing a veteran backup. He deflected to say they're always evaluating what's out there at every position. They need to be evaluating what's out there at quarterback. And Chris, as we said last week, Gardner Minshew makes too much sense because people are saying, well, they've got too much money invested in Dak Prescott. Gardner Minshew's making 850000 this yeah. year. He's making less than Garrett Gilbert because it's a minimum salary based on years of experience. Gilbert's actually been around a while, even though he hasn't played much. Right. I would take Minshew in a heartbeat. Now, you may have to get to see that's the problem. Yeah. Supply My and demand. Right. If you act like you really want Gardner Minshew, then Urban Meyer is going to put his thumb on the scale and he's going to get as much as he can from Jerry Jones. At some point, you just got to do it, though. You got to, you, hey, you, the, the, yeah, yeah, you, you got lucky. You got you got Dak Prescott for a fourth round pick. Right. If you got to give up a fourth round pick now to have a good backup for Dak Prescott, so be it. It evens out. Yeah. But you got to do it. Otherwise, and maybe the thinking is, hey, we had Andy Dalton last year and we stuck I think maybe. without Dak Prescott. Right. If we, if we, we, we made this point last week. If we don't have our starter, we're going to stink anyway. What does it matter whether it's Garrett Gilbert, Ben DiNucci, or whoever we grab out of the stand? I, I, I think there might be some thinking of that. And, I, you know, I've thought about it ever since we had that conversation last week. There might be some logic to it. To just be like, you know, again, okay, yeah, Andy Dalton, yeah, he's better than Cooper Rush. But is it going to really translate into a whole lot of wins and things like that? No, probably not, you know. The way their team's built with those receivers and things like that, they need someone kind of like special at quarterback. You know, they, they really do. And I don't think that offense is creative enough that it can just like, oh, put this quarterback in and we'll find a new way to do it. No, they need Dak Prescott's ability to throw the ball down the field and everything he else, else he brings to the table. So I, I don't know, Mike. The more I think about it, maybe that is the logic they're kind of on there in Dallas. In Denver, they've got – a decision to make between a pair of quarterbacks with starting experience. Last Ooh. week, Vic Fangio said he was pretty damn close to naming a starting quarterback. How pretty damn close is he now after the second preseason game? We'll delve into that question next here on PFT Live. I've never had pineapple on pizza, but I will say this. I had grilled pineapple last week, and it's it's really good. It, it really is. So maybe it would be good on pizza. You're not going to see me. What? I mean, what fruit on pizza? Like, get the hell out of here with that. There's no way I'm ever eating that. There's no way, no way. I First off, I'm not eating you know, pineapple. You know tomatoes are fruit. You know tomatoes are fruit. I know, but it's like a fake fruit. But I don't want pineapple smushy gooey on my pizza. I, I don't want that. That's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, all right. I, I don't know. I don't know where that came from or why we did that, but what the hell? It's hey. a Monday edition of PFT Live, and we are way behind. We are going overdrive to we, we are so far behind chris we had discussion as you know during the draft it was or during the break it was your idea of getting rid of the draft today we've got so much other stuff to get to whoa and we I, just made do I, it's it's awesome that? i i mean i don't know i guess i'm still like a kid in the candy store i really didn't realize how much i missed preseason football last year i don't think i really gave it like it's due justice like I mean, I, there's so much stuff I want to talk about. There were so many things that happened this weekend. It's just so great that it's back. Fans are there. I mean, it just, I felt like I was uh, every night, like, let me sit down. Like it was the regular season. There's some games coming on. Uh, so it's good to have that feeling again. 
Do you keep watching, though, once the players in whom you have a specific interest are out of the game? No, definitely not always. No, certainly not. Like, you know, that's what I liked about the staggered times, right, on Saturday night a little bit because you'd be like, okay, wait, this game started at 7, and now this next group of games that started at 7.30, all right, it's perfect. All the starters are out, the 7 o'clock game, and now I can turn on the 7.30 game and see the starters and flip around that way. So, yeah, I'm interested in seeing the starters the young players, the first and second year stars that could be all those type of things. And then, yeah, if we're in the fourth quarter and nobody's in, I'm, I'm changing the channel or, or maybe going to another game. Well, there was reason to watch the first two quarterbacks in for the Denver Broncos on Saturday night in Seattle. Teddy Bridgewater had two drives. Drew Locke relieved him and had five drives. They've got to pick a starting quarterback. At some point, here's Vic Fangio when he was asked after the game regarding when he plans to pick between Bridgewater and Locke. No, it won't be tomorrow. Uh, the earliest it would be, it'd be early next week or would let it go another week. Because these guys, both of them, Drew and Teddy, have, have done well, as you guys have seen, and they've made it a hard decision. Um, so, you know, we'll give it thorough thought. We've been discussing it with the coaches, with George, all along, and we'll continue to do that. I think whoever was working the camera there was a little overserved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, the breakdown for the two quarterbacks, Drew Locke, 14 for 21, 231 yards, 11 yards per attempt, a couple of touchdowns. Teddy Bridgewater, and again, just two drives for Teddy, 16 for 19, 179 yards, 9.4. That's that's the full preseason. I would say that's looking like a lot of throws for yeah. just two drives. The the reality is with Teddy, two drives, two touchdowns. Right. And Bridgewater talked about in his mind, that's all he cares about, getting his unit into the end zone. That's the objective. Bill Parcells, his mentor, tells him over and over again, just focus on getting your unit into the end zone, whatever you have to do. That's that's success in football. You lead the offense to seven points. And he did it two out of two times. And, Chris, I'll tell you what. I'm starting to think Bridgewater's got a real shot at this. I thought it was going to be Locke because, right. because he has the higher ceiling. I'm starting to think Bridgewater has a real chance to win it. Yeah, I mean, just from that answer alone that we saw Vic Fangio, I, I mean, obviously. You know, first off, let me just ask you this. I mean, do, how much does the fact that George Patton came from Minnesota play into this too? That might, you know, he was there, I believe, right, when they drafted him. To, yes. You know, so there's there's got to be a little bit of a, some affection for Teddy Bridgewater. You know, Bridgewater, if Vic Fangio wants to play the defense, I trust this guy not to turn the ball over type of things. Yeah, he fits that mold, definitely, you know. Um, and Drew Locke, of course, is the more aggressive quarterback who I think can capitalize more on the talent they have at receiver and things like that. But, man, this is a tough one. There's no doubt. Teddy looked really good the other night. He threw the ball great. He moved well in the pocket. I mean, it, it was as good as I've seen him look, actually. Just how confident and how the ball popped out of his hands. Problem is, Drew Locke looked really good, too. I mean, the first game, he had some protection issues the other night, but still was really good. And here's the other thing I'll say that where it makes it confusing, too, to where if I'm Vic Fangio and you're worried about Drew Locke, he could be a gunslinger and all that. He never got like um, impatient the other night, even though things didn't go good. I thought that was a positive sign for Drew Locke too. He didn't like try to force something to happen. Oh, Teddy scored two touchdowns. I got to score touchdowns and throw lasers and do all of that. He just kind of let the game come to him the right way. I think that's a, a, a positive, but yeah, Fangio has got a tough decision for sure. And 
with Bridgewater, look, George Payton's got no connection to Drew Locke. He was drafted by John Elway, right. second rounder in 2019. Yeah. There isn't that desire there to try to justify and vindicate the draft decision you made. Exactly. Because he didn't make it. Right. And Peyton will have had his own evaluation of Drew Locke coming out of the draft. Maybe Peyton wasn't a Drew Locke exactly. guy. Exactly. Maybe he and Rick Spielman, you know, they, they, you, you scout quarterbacks even when you have one. What do you think of this Drew Locke? Eh, I don't really like him. Eh, he's got this issue. He's got that issue. And then you, you take a look at what he can do. You know, based upon uh, – I don't know if they played the Texans or the, the Broncos. I think – did they play the Broncos last season? I think they did. I can't remember. They did, but, but I think know, Locke so was you, hurt. Yeah, you have an understanding of what you've seen on his film, and, and this is something Peyton's going to look at when he gets the job at the very latest. But Bridgewater's a guy. He was there, assistant GM, when Bridgewater was drafted in 2014. He was part of the team when Bridgewater had the horrible injury in 2016 as they were getting ready for what they thought was an ascension of Teddy Bridgewater to potential franchise quarterback heights. And that didn't seem justified based upon his performance to date, but they believed he was ready to explode as a quarterback. I was in that new stadium right. that they were getting ready to open just a month or so before the Bridgewater injury. And you can just tell by walking around. Bridgewater's the guy. Yeah. Face of the franchise. He, they're all, they, I mean, they, they loved him. Right. They loved his talent. And Peyton was part of that. And so when you hear guys like Fangio rave about Bridgewater's ability to buy time in the pocket, this is a great quote from Fangio. There's two types of elusive quarterbacks. The ones that run around. And there's the other ones that manipulate the pocket to buy time. The best in the last 20 years has been Tom Brady, and Teddy's got a little of that in him as far as manipulating the pocket. Sure. And one of the throws that Bridgewater made the other night, very subtle movement up in the pocket as the walls started to close in on the outside. He moved up calmly, made the throw, kept the chains moving, and and that's – that's what you need to do. If you're not going to be a guy that buys time laterally or takes off running, you got to be able to move around in the pocket, and he does it well. And I'm just starting to get this vibe that he's got a very good chance to win the job. The X factor in all this is John Elway, who's still kind of hanging around, yeah. still kind of has a spoon in the stew. How much influence will he have over the final decision? He's going to want Locke because that's his guy. The other guys may want Teddy Bridgewater, and that's where it gets interesting. Well, I, I think Denver, they're, they're one of the handful of teams like that didn't make the playoffs last year that I go watch out for this year. I like the look of the football team. I think they can win games with either quarterback, certainly. I think at their very best, you know, you know my opinion, I do think Drew Locke can take advantage more of their weapons and things like that. They both have played really good in the preseason. There's no doubt about that. So it's going to be about what the practice, how that's been. And where I'm confused is just a little bit because, like, last week we had that great performance by Locke, and Fangio came out, what, the day after or the next day saying, oh, we're really close. I'm really close to a decision. And after Locke has a, has a performance like that, you think, oh, well, they're favoring Locke after what they saw there. I mean, that was pretty damn good and pretty special. You know, but, of course, Teddy made some unbelievable throws and plays too. And I don't know if he put a wrench in these plans or maybe they're reevaluating or Locke maybe didn't have a good week of practice last week. I don't know. I don't know. But either way, it's going to be a tough one because it's hard to tell a you know who's better on film. And, and like I said, I think there's enough support and a good team there that they could surprise some people this year in Denver. We can win with either guy. Right. That is what Fangio said. And uh, I, yes, Drew Locke still has the higher ceiling, but but – the floor for Teddy Bridgewater is much higher yeah. 
than Locke. And maybe the ceiling isn't all that much lower after all, especially given the leadership qualities he has, his attitude. Go watch his press conference at DenverBroncos.com where he talks about, you know, how he finds just kind of calm and serenity on a football field and why he always has an even keel toward everything. And he look does. at everything he's been through. How can you not root right. for Teddy Bridgewater? Sorry, Drew Locke, but how can you not root for Teddy Bridgewater? Let's take a break. When we return, superlatives time coming out of week two of the preseason, at least the first 15 games. One more still to come tonight. We'll tell you what we liked and maybe what we didn't like in the form of making it look like it was something we liked. If that makes any sense, probably doesn't. When PFT Live continues right after this. 2022, me and Emmett Smith are coming together to form uh, a NASCAR Xfinity Series race team. And our whole big goal for the whole thing is to create a, a legacy, to create something in NASCAR where we can create this opportunity generating system for those who maybe would have thought they would have never had a chance to be in the sport. About a year and a half ago, we were in Texas. Uh, there was a Texas race and Jesse happened to be there. And uh, we became a sponsor of that car during that particular race. And that's how I got a chance to meet Jesse understand what his mission was, understand what his plans were, and to try to be involved in every which way I possibly could to help enhance it. I think right now the landscape has changed and is continuing to change, and NASCAR and other areas need to evolve with that change. Change is scary for a lot of people, but if you embrace it the right way, it can benefit everybody. That's Hall of Famer and all-time rushing leader Emmett Smith, who follows names like Joe Gibbs and Alvin Kamara to become the latest NFL figure to get involved in NASCAR. This weekend, racing hits Daytona for the final race of the regular season before the playoffs begin. Watch it Saturday night at 7 Eastern only on NBC. All right, Chris, 15 preseason games in the books. It's time to do our Week 2 superlatives. We got so much to talk about when it comes to superlatives, we are actually, for the first time in a long time, not doing a draft today. I think that the world doesn't seem in balance to me to do that, but that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get through it, especially because we got plenty of good superlatives. Go ahead, Chris. What do you got? Well, I think the first one I want to hit on, just because I'd like to give the guy some love, is revenge. Revenge. Yeah. Trubisky. Yeah, I know it was preseason game number two, but um, look at the way Mitchell Trubisky looked in the Bills offense. Don't tell me coaching and scheme doesn't help out a football player. He looked as good as I've ever seen him look in a preseason football game. I mean, knew where to go with the ball, threw the appropriate ball, made some plays, and just shoved it right up you-know-what in Chicago with everybody. I know it was the preseason game. I don't game. know what. Well, their butts, that's where, okay? <laughs> but that, that's, that's where it's like, I don't like the, you know, like nobody even gave him a lot of credit this weekend either. I think that's where it bothers me too. It was just like, oh, Trubisky played well against the Bears, right? If he fell flat on his face, everyone would have been like, oh, this is the greatest story ever. But since he dominated them and crapped on a lot of people's narratives, people don't want to talk about it. Good job by Mitchell Trubisky. I love the way he looked in that game. I mean, he was he – dom- they dominated. It was the Bears' first team defense, a lot of it too, which is concerning. And he didn't even have Stephon Diggs and some of the weapons available that way so it was a very very good performance by him he's got a one-year 2.5 million dollar contract Andy Dalton's making 10 million for one year and I saw some speculation on Saturday some of which may have been tongue-in-cheek Brian Dayball the offensive coordinator becomes a head coach somewhere next year signs Mitchell Trubisky to be his starting quarterback right out of the gates and you know usually when you see a quarterback 
that you've become accustomed to seeing in one uniform, in a new uniform, it looks weird. It didn't look weird. It looked normal. It looked right. natural right. to see Trubisky in a Bills uniform. It was just strange because usually it's like, man, that's different. I saw it and I thought, man, it it, 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 it looks fits. more right. natural than the Bears uniform. Did. Yeah, yeah. And he certainly seemed comfortable. I mean, really, every decision he made – Made a lot of nice throws. We saw his athleticism, you know, everything like that. So they got to feel good in in, in uh, Buffalo about, hey, if Josh Allen does sprain an ankle or something like that, Trubisky seems to have a pretty good hold of the offense. Yep, I agree. And good for Mitch Trubisky. And uh, uh, we'll see. You know, yeah. Ideally, he won't play at all this year for the Bills, but if they need him, we'll see what he can do. I, I have to go to Baltimore. I don't know whether it means anything. John Harbaugh tells me that it does based upon the quotes that I saw publicly after the game on Saturday when they defeated the Panthers 20-3 to to tie the all-time record for consecutive preseason wins. Vince Lombardi, 19 straight wins from 59 to 62. 59 was his first year with the Packers. 19 straight preseason wins. The Ravens haven't lost a preseason game since 2015. The superlative is 19. Magic number 19, new record in Baltimore. Johnny U's number 19. The point is we're given 19 is back. (laughs) 19 is back in Baltimore. That's it, Pete. If you push me hard (laughs) enough, I'll give you something. 19 is back in Baltimore. And uh, I I still don't know how to feel about it. But, you know, there's this weird disconnect. On one hand, the preseason is meaningless. The commissioner has said it doesn't reflect the quality of the NFL. The... I made the suggestion at one point, hey, why not make preseason records the last tiebreaker before coin flip? I mean, at least it would be less unfair than a coin flip to decide who gets into the playoffs. It ever comes to it and never will because it's like 12 tiebreakers down. But people go, oh, no, no, it's meaningless. It's meaningless. Well, then why are you telling me it's meaningful if people win? I can't reconcile that. Because I still think when they're there, if you watch the reactions on the sidelines, guys are competitive. No they doubt. want to win at everything. Right. And John Harbaugh is competitive. We talked about that last week. He wants to win. You want to have a winning culture. You have a game in front of you that's happening. You want to win it. Yeah. And they've won 19 in a row of them, so I guess it does mean something. It, it does. It means something. I mean, like we said last week, it just the, the culture. It means the culture of the, the Ravens. Yeah, nothing. They don't give you anything. They don't care. You just They pretty much set the tone. They don't care preseason, regular season. When you're going to play us, we're here to win. We're going to hit. We're going to be mean. We're going to play that style of football. It, it's an old-school approach. And, Mike, you know, you bring up something interesting about the preseason, and I know you probably have seen me text a little bit, but we're, we're seeing some teams really play a lot of their starters and do things like that. To where I don't know, maybe maybe things change here in the NFL to a degree. I mean, the Patriots, you know, I, I mean, to, to, the Patriots played a ton of their players the other night. You see the Dolphins trying to playing reestablish their players. themselves. Yeah, I think it depends on where you are as a program. Sure, right, right, to a degree. And, and, yes, and sometimes you 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 need those games to get yourself ready. You need those games. You need to try to win those games to make you get the buy-in that you need. From the players, sure. like for a new coach, I think it's important to 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 win the games that are in front of you to get everybody on board. They feel like it's working, so I just think it's it's there, something every that's situation by different. every coach. You're right. right, 
But I still think it's like Kansas City Chiefs. Look at all the players they played. They played Mahomes into the second quarter. You know, I do think there's got to be some of these old school coaches, even with Shanahan, Sean Payton, you know, Harbaugh. I know Lamar hasn't played yet, but I wonder if he would have with COVID or anything. The Steelers, we see their starters out there, all those type of things. I got to think some of these old school coaches a little bit are going, wait, if with all these rules and lack of practice and all that, if we want to be good at football, we might actually have to play football at some point and do that. And yeah, I, I just I it, I just found that interesting so far. You know the, that you know some of these teams they know they got tough early season schedules too, and they can't be going. Wait, we're going to throw our starters for the first time on the field all year long in the first game of the year against a really quality opponent. So maybe that thought's changing too. And it's one thing to get your starters some work. It's another thing to use your starters with the goal of winning the game. Remember what Rex Ryan did in 2013? Yeah, yeah. When he put Mark Sanchez back in the Snoopy Bowl right. to try to beat the Giants, and Sanchez messed up his shoulder, and Rex got destroyed for it. He wanted to win the game, got to win the game. They talk about this trophy all week. He got the little Snoopy trophy, the MetLife Stadium Snoopy trophy, and it's ludicrous. It's ridiculous. So... I understand trying to get your starters some work. And for some franchises, it's important to try to establish a winning atmosphere. But what you know, we, we see teams playing starters. One major injury happens and <laughs> get the starters off the field. We can't afford to have anyone get injured in these games that don't count. All right, what other superlatives you have? All right, I'm going to go with uh, I've seen better, right? You remember the movie Liar, Liar, right? Like, I've seen better. Yeah, um, that's – I. I I don't know how you feel about this, but Patrick Mahomes on Thursday night or Friday night, whatever night that was, I think that was Thursday, I, I thought was Friday. You have this trouble every week. I know. I can't remember it, because there's so many games be Thursday, Friday between night. Between Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, you're ingesting substances that may affect your memory. It Is could very well reason? be that. Yes, I could very easily get <laughs> things, little details like what night it was jumbled up. <laughs> Definitely. 100%. Um, but I thought that was about as underwhelming as I've seen Patrick Mahomes ever look. I, I'm just going to say that flat out. You know I love Mahomes. I think he's the best player in the NFL. I mean, no doubt about it. But I thought he missed throws that I've never seen him miss before. That's the first thing that jumped out to me. you know. And then the second thing is, and again, I'm going to keep a close look on here. I'm not trying to create headlines or anything. But you know, and anybody that's listening to my podcast, I'm all about looking at bodies, examining people, doing things like that. Mahomes running did not look the same to me in the game. And I just wonder if there's still something there with the toe or something like that. It did not look like the same burst or the same style in which he runs, like he's changed something a little bit. And again, I'm just throwing it out there. It popped out to me, but I did not love the overall look of him altogether. I love their new offensive line, but that's about as underwhelming as I've seen him look maybe ever in a game. But the thing about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they're capable of finding the gas pedal and scoring mm -hmm. 28 points in the blink of an eye. They can be underwhelming for three quarters and still win 31 to Definitely. 10. That's that's what the Chiefs are. So when you just see him, you know, in the first quarter and a half, if he had played the whole game, they may have scored 50 points. I know. You're right. But, it's hard to tell. So, I know. you know, we saw the sidearm throw and, and I think – from the running standpoint, he did what he had to do. He had a couple of nifty runs on third down to get first downs, and uh, I, I'm I'm not ready to jump off. Yeah, that, no, that I'm not jumping off either. But yet. he missed some throws, like in the first two drives, that he just never misses. Things like that. Just not used to see him kind of off kilter, is all I'm saying. And uh, 
Yeah, I'm not worried or anything like that. De- definitely not. But just usually see him sharp and it's all highlights and good stuff. Next one for me, maybe it's not the gloves award. And I'm reluctant to do this because we spend so much time reflecting a sensitivity to the mental health of athletes and they're no different than the rest of us. And with Jamar Chase, fifth overall pick in the draft, you start dropping passes. People start talking about it. You yeah. see it on social media. People are giving you a hard time. They're calling you a bust. They say they should have taken Penny Sewell instead. And on one hand, you say, hey, you're the fifth overall pick. It goes with the territory. On the other hand, I feel bad for the kid. He didn't play football last year. He's young. He's still getting his feet wet. And I think it's gotten into his head. Yeah. I think instead of Zach Taylor saying after the game, we expect our receivers to catch the ball, I think there needs to be an effort behind the scenes to get him to understand it's okay. Forget about it. Forget about the ones you dropped. Don't overthink it. Just go play football. Calling him out and saying we expect our receivers to catch the football, I don't know that's the way to get it to stop because he dropped two passes at practice on Sunday, and one went off of his hands and was intercepted. It was a Joe Burrow pass. Now, he hasn't played with Joe Burrow in a preseason game, and that's his LSU teammate. So I – It's noteworthy because he was the fifth overall pick. That's right. I feel bad for Jamar Chase because he's got to get this mental block cleared, and it's on the Bengals to come up with a way to do it. Whoever they need to get him to talk to, whatever they need to say to him, whatever breathing exercises he has to take, whatever he has to do to forget about it. Because Jerry Rice had an issue with drops as a rookie, and his career worked out okay. Yeah. But for now, it's significant because, number one, he's the fifth overall pick, and number two, they could have had Penny Sewell instead, who won't be expected to catch any passes at any point in his career. No, no. I mean, you're right. Hey, we're all keeping an eye on it. We know how special he was in college. You laid it out the right way. And I'm sure he's pressing. I mean, he knows he's the number five pick. He knows what like everybody's talking about. You know, I think on that first one, you see him drop the ball. He's trying to run before he caught it. He was trying to already try to make a move and make the guy miss. The second one, okay, he dropped it. It was this horrible decision by the quarterback. He was going to get his head ripped off if he caught the ball. How dare he drop it? I mean, how dare? The second one wasn't the easiest either. But, hey, listen, I know we're all going to pay attention and keep evaluating to your point. And, you know, one thing I think of just when I was watching the other night too, like – Let's do something and get him involved. Give him a reverse. Make him not think about having to do that. A reverse, a toss Debo Samuel sweep, you know, a speed sweep, a screen pass. Just get him involved in the game and let him get going that way. Yeah, he's got the training, training wheels on right now. Okay, help him out a little bit. You know, make them feel comfortable. So they got to do a little something here just to, you know, like you said, psychologically help them out a little bit to get him back on the the positive frame of mind of things. But, again, I'm not totally concerned here, a little worried, but I'm not going to, like, hit the panic button alarm yet. No, no, and and they need to get him to stop panicking. They need to get him to stop thinking about it and calling him out publicly. I know that Zach Taylor's feeling a little heat, and maybe he's acting like he thinks an NFL head coach should act, but – I, I just I, I would prefer to support him, yep. help him, and get him to the point where he understands the easy part's making the catch. You've got the hard part figured out. The easy part will come. Let's take a break. We'll continue to list our superlatives from week two of the 2021 preseason <laughs> when PFT Live continues right after this. And he got his trophy. He got the trophy. You lost your quarterback. <laughs> Mark Sanchez's shoulder and Rex Ryan's job. We'll be right back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. 
Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. There's Saquon Barkley heading in on Sunday to First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, rocking the Phil Sims T-shirt. You got to find that on Etsy or something for fifty bucks. I don't know. That's pretty good though. I, I like that. I know. Showing respect. Yeah. Showing respect to one of the all-time franchise greats. Yeah. No, it was really cool. I mean, Saquon's has been very nice to my father. Was wearing jerseys, the number eleven, things like that. Uh, he's certainly a big deal in our household. In fact. I took my little boy out to Giants practice a few weeks ago, and he wore a Saquon jersey. So maybe Saquon was like giving uh, giving some love back to Big Phil that way. Who knows? But wait, your dad him. wore the Saquon jersey, or your son? My did? son did. Phil Sims, the other Phil Sims, uh, Phil yeah. Sims Jr. did. Yep, he wore it. So that was cool, and he got to meet Saquon, which was really cool too. I'm concerned that Philip is going to slip into this mode of having a new favorite team every year <laughs> and never being all in with one team. You need to explain to him. Yeah. You only have one favorite team. He's it, all, it's not, yes. <laughs> it's not an annual decision that you make like your fantasy football team. Right. Well, Mahomes, your quarterbacks always affect that. So Mahomes always puts a wrinkle in a few things because he loves him. We love the giants in our household, but Zach Wilson certainly making him uh, reconsider a little bit too, because he loves watching Zach Wilson play. So that's been funny to watch. You know, he's he's only he's just turned eleven, so he's allowed to switch a little bit. Giants fan defecting to becoming a <laughs> yeah, Jets right? fan. We'll what kick him out if world? that happens. Dogs and cats yeah. living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> what other superlatives do you have? How about old dog new tricks? You know, I mean, we had an old dog, a, a dog with gray hair and some bad hips and everything. His name is Big Ben Roethlisberger. But damn, did he throw that ball like he's still got a fresh right arm? I know that. I mean, you know, first off, I just like the aggressive nature and what I saw from the Steelers offense when he was in there. You know, hit a shot down the field. I believe that was Deontay Johnson he hit on the go route right down the right side. That was great to see. And then, you know, and I think this is it here, a little po post route. Probably could have thrown it out there a little farther, but either way, gets the completion. We didn't see this last year. Stretch the field, Pittsburgh. And then Roethlisberger, with all other thing, Mike, I don't know if you saw the two lasers he threw to Freermuth, the tight end from, from uh, Penn State, or they drafted in the second round. But, man, 
I mean, that made me think like, ooh, Big Ben's arm's fresh. And here we go. I think this is one of them right here. This is some red zone target to have. This is old Big Ben pumping, laser down the middle. I mean, look at that. I mean, looking pretty good. Spiral, spinning hard. It throws another great ball to him a little later on. So I was, I was happy to see that from the Steelers and Big Ben. Yeah, and he wanted to get those reps. He wants to get comfortable in this new offense with Matt Canada trying to fix some of the issues from last year. And Shereen and I talked about this on Friday. I'm getting my days mixed up too, but I think it was Shereen and I when you were off. Uh, that that tell, and we never talked about it. I know, this, we never did. Because it, it came up while we were on hiatus. Right. Someone discovered that for some period of time, possibly years, possibly more than a decade, when Ben Roethlisberger's in shotgun formation, if one of his heels is off the ground, it's a pass. If both heels are flat, it's a run. And defenses have surely seen that. And so assuming that they know before the play whether it's going to be a pass or a run and the offense has still been what it's been, what could it be if they're able to disguise pre-snap pass or run out of shotgun formation which they're in like four out of five times yeah no it's definitely i mean everybody's gonna be if if teams didn't know they're definitely gonna be looking for it now and that's why of course self-scouting thyself is so important in football not only your schemes but your body language and things offensive linemen are always looking at wait when i pull do i have a tell when i kick out and help a guy out do i have a tell then receivers sometimes the way they line up things like that you got to be on top of that as a quarterback uh, because people are looking at that, and I'm sure it, it did affect them in some negative ways you know, throughout last year, and who knows how long it's been going on, like you said. I just added to my list of things to do, ideas that, that come up while we're on the show. Go through the condensed version of the game on Game Pass where you can get one play after another, right. and let's, let's watch check the Ben plays, and let's see what happens before the snap. All right, uh, last one for me. This is the James Robinson Memorial Award, although James Robinson is still going strong for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he was an undrafted running back last year who was a week one starter. Not that Antonio Gibson is in any danger in Washington, but Jared Patterson, 16 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. 25 yards on three catches, all three targets that came his way. He caught the ball. A lot of buzz with Jared Patterson in that organization. Ron Rivera, a high opinion. Again, he's not going to supplant Antonio Gibson, but just quietly, yeah. sneakily, another weapon. And watch out I know, for the Washington right? football team this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their, their third-round pick, Deami Brown, who you know I loved coming out in the draft. Catch. He looked good, a right? great catch. Ran by some people. Looks the part. I don't even care what the stats are. Looks like he's going to be dangerous. So you're right. They got some weapons. They could be sneaky good. And to have another running back to go along with Gibson – you know, that's huge. You know, of course, we saw Gibson get banged up last year. They need another guy to help out. They got a good offensive line there. So, cool cool story with Jarrett, uh, Jarrett Patterson. Man, Mike, I don't know what to do here. I got one where I can go Cam or Zach Wilson. Which one you'd rather talk about real quick? He'd... All right, we'll go with the young gun. Pete Demoleta said Zach Wilson. The young gun, the young gun award, whatever you want to call him, Iceman, whatever, because that's what he looks like. Oh, gosh, he went to a small no, school. He looks like he's 10. Yeah, he looks, looks like he's like. 10, but he throws the ball like he's a damn Hall of Famer. This is Aaron Rodgers crap right here, right? I don't know what else to say. That's amazing. I mean, yep. yeah, flick at the wrist, right? 30-yard throw down the sideline on the move. I mean, just this it's impressive. He's looked apart. He's played the game, to me, 
the truest form at the quarterback position, as you heard me say last week, that's realistic to regular season football. There, I mean, it's not those most beautiful throw. Ball, I don't even think supposed to go there. I think he's supposed to play to the right side. He just realizes, wait, I got a space. Let me get it to this guy. And Croft makes a nice catch, and he protected him. A lot of positives about Zach Wilson. Man, physically, I already know he belongs in a big way in the NFL. And the nuance of knowing where to put the ball because a defender was in the area. Right. That's a veteran move, too. Just sailed it over a little bit for Croft because there was a defender close by. Things that you, you have to pick up in a nanosecond he's already starting to pick it up all right let's take a break we'll wrap up this monday edition of pft live right after this oh look at that phil sims with phil sims in front of phil sims colts coach frank reich told reporters on sunday the quarterback carson wentz will be back today three weeks to the day after he had surgery on that foot also quentin nelson back at practice today he had surgery same surgery Three weeks ago tomorrow, limited basis for both. Ryan Kelly, their star center, is also coming back from an elbow injury. We're 20 days away from week one against Seattle. Chris, this Sam Ellinger, Jacob Eason question may become moot if Wentz can go. And they need him, as you've pointed out multiple times. Those first five games for the Colts, very challenging. They need Wentz ready to go. Definitely. I mean, it's a tough schedule. You'd like your team to be at their best. Wentz gives them the best opportunity. And, you know, Mike, I know you watched some of that game this weekend. Those guys didn't look necessarily great to give the organization confidence to go, oh, we'll be okay. You know, Ellinger struggled, two interceptions. Easton was a little all over the place with the ball. They need Carson Wentz. We continue to struggle with Ellinger. It's Ellinger. We're going to get it right. <laughs> Sorry. We promise. Anyone we'll went to my tomorrow. school. Damn. <laughs> see ya. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.